AJ McCall dropped the mic. <laughs> oh, dang. The little John Goat means it's time for a random podcast. Random podcast. So this is a concoction we came up with where we're just going to talk about anything, which is not different than the podcast, but what makes it random is we're just going to pull anyone into the studio that we see walking through the hallways and automatically the subject will probably change. Oh, yeah. Little John Goat. By the way, did not know that video until like literally three days ago. Because again, as it seems like Butters and McCall team up very often and are like, hey, have you seen this? Do you do this? What do you do? What do you eat for Thanksgiving? What? That's what you do? That's ridiculous. What, what? Yeah, right? What, what? Exactly. What, what, what? Oh. What? But it's our first random podcast. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Those are our DJ sounds. I've got hey, it still. Let me see Denise if I still have it. Denise is in the hallway. Denise! Denise, come here. Hey, Denise, how's it going? Oh, you know, fantastic. <laughs> what are you guys up to? Denise, we're going to interview you. Doing a random podcast. Denise is one of our engineers. And don't tell Kevin, but our favorite engineer. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep that on the down, though. <laughs> so, Denise, we were talking about the 12 days of Christmas yesterday. What of the 12 days of Christmas do you want most? I don't even know what that question means. Like the songs, yeah. you know, like the first Partridge day of Christmas. Five golden rings, bling, bling. Okay, what is a pear in a tree or whatever? Partridge in a pear? It's yes. a bird. It's a bird, it's and like it's in a, a tree like that a has pears. Hen, right? I'm not much of a bird. Yeah, you shoot them. Like a pheasant? Yeah. Not much of a hunter, so probably not that one. I mean, if you don't um, like birds, you can eliminate like three fourths of the twelve days of Christmas. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure like the first eight days you basically get birds, except for the five so golden rings. Why is that song all about birds then? Is we were really the... we were trying to figure that out. That's why we talked about it. Because I have no idea. We we're trying to figure out how long ago these gifts were appropriate. And I, I I don't know. Sixty years. When was the last time you could trade a goat for a wife? Then I don't know. I mean, honestly, is there any animal besides maybe a dog or cat? And even still, if someone gave you a dog or cat for Christmas, be like. Why are you giving me this responsibility right now? I'm not ready for this. How about so, cows? You could do something with cows, though. We thought about maybe me getting a mini cow for Christmas. There you go. And we ended up reevaluating the 12 days of Christmas and did something along the lines of what what we would end up doing because turns out it's expensive. Yeah. Ooh, it is If you do expensive. each day, if you just do 12 individual days, so you just get 12 gifts, it's like $34,000. $34,558.96. How did you come up with that math? Um, I pulled it up on a website. It's oh. it's very Googled. <laughs> and if you decide that you're going to do like a repetitive thing, like the first day of Christmas, you get a partridge and a pear tree. The second day of Christmas, you get two turtle doves and, and a partridge partridge and a pear, and a pear tree. tree. Makes I, sense. Like you yeah. just add it on like that. $157,558 even. Wow. Doesn't that just put in perspective how ridiculous this this song is? It's a lot of dollars. It's thirty four. Now, granted, when the song was invented, it wasn't thirty four thousand dollars. When the song was invented, it was like fifteen hundred dollars, which is the equivalent of obviously thirty four thousand dollars today. So who's dropping that kind of money? Like, you just gave me chores. Quote Jim Gaffigan. Oh, here's here's a shirt for your birthday. You could take it back. You don't like it. Oh, thanks. You give me something I don't want and a chore. I'll just throw it in the trash. Thanks. Right. Uh, indeed. I don't want birds for Christmas. I don't think anybody does. So what about the five rings? Five golden rings? No, there's five five golden golden rings. rings. I'll take take the five golden rings. Five golden rings. That's only worth $825. Do you want to guess what the most expensive thing on that list is? Yes, I do. Okay, go. The five golden rings? No. No, $34,000, Denise. Hmm. Hmm. It's got to be something towards the end of the song. 
Yes, ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know the song, so you're gonna have to tell me. <laughs> it's seven swans a swimming. They're thirteen thousand so dollars. Do they have to be swimming? Yes. Wow. Yes. What else do swans do? Lay eggs, I guess. Maybe. Fly around. Hibernate. Make little ah! <laughs> noises. We're so hibernate. They fly south in the winter. <laughs> Obviously. Fly south in the winter? Come on, Denise. I'm sorry. That's so, why I'm Denise. On the Christmas subject, since it's, it is the season, uh, for Christmas for you, what's it like in your family? Mm, so I guess I, we have kind of a weird tradition. Okay. Uh, we would sleep under the Christmas tree a few days before Christmas. That's really? cool. Really? Do you yeah. get a real Christmas tree or a fake one? Uh, most of the time we get a fake one because my mom's allergic or something Gotcha, like that. gotcha. So is that you saying you, is it you, your parents, you, your siblings? Who like sleeps under the Christmas all tree? All of us. We just get out our sleeping bags and, and sleep around the tree. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, and in fact, we, we, uh, we did that until just until everyone started moving out. So, huh? Yeah. That, Never that's heard that one. That's cool though. But that's so do you cool still one. do it now? now no, married? no. In fact, my wife thinks that's extremely weird. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that bad. Okay. Well, yeah, you have kids. I think it'll be less. Makes more sense. Yeah. I, I thought it was fun. How do you? How does Santa leave presents at your house? Because McCall and I have opposite Santas on. Well, okay. Santa doesn't do it the same way at both of our houses. Hmm. Uh well, he uh, just gets uh, when we were all asleep. That's when Santa would take care of the presents. Well, but I mean, like, well, does yeah, he leave them under the like, tree? Are they wrapped? Are they oh, on a couch? Calls are just on a couch. They are under the tree and wherever they can fit. Are they wrapped? You know, I have seven siblings. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> Did not know that. <laughs> Surprise! Paul and I are both the oldest of four. Okay. So I, I guess technically, I'm in Utah, so I shouldn't be surprised that you have seven siblings. <laughs> Indeed. Denise, are you like, what's your placement on? I am actually the middle child, so that's why <laughs> I'm the problem child, right? Is that no, how that's that works? What they say. Yes. I, oh, yeah, because the middle no, child doesn't I didn't get attention. Say that. You, you were thinking it. There's the actually middle, there's yeah. three older and three younger than so me. So you're dead middle. Yep. Does it work out? Is it like three boys and three girls or something like that in front of you or behind you or no? Uh, four sisters, two brothers. Ah, so I was the oldest. I got the worst part of being oldest. I was supposed to be the responsible one. So I know. I hated if that. If I was in trouble or my you know, siblings were in trouble, it was all still my you fault. You seem like yep. you turned out okay, though. My brother's a responsible one. so <laughs> He's the one that's married and has a great job. And AJ he's, hates he's, his job. I don't and... hate my job. I'm just saying. He had a much better job before I got here. Oh. And then I liked my job. Well, go, going back to the presents real quick. You so you, you were saying where they wrapped. Mine, with, my Santa wraps the presents for at my house, and mine just and get laid out tree. on like a couch. So they're not wrapped. Mm-mm. And I've, so we'll have Santa's like Santa's in a rush. I've never heard of that. before. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, butters. It kinda, it's the same way with butters. Doesn't it kind of take the fun out of the opening presents? That's what I thought. There's, there's. I so mean, Santa will yeah. leave like clothes and things for us, or. Man, Santa really chips you guys. Whatever. There are things that we need. So Santa would leave like the things that we need, and then my parents ended up actually having like the big presents wrapped. Did you leave Santa like broccoli one Christmas or something? I think I did actually. That explains it. Yeah. But I left it for his reindeer because I had I had um cookies out too. So right. the broccoli and He was still offended by carrots. the broccoli choice. Mm-hmm. No, I was, I, the, I was in the same boat, because isn't it because so with my family, that's we got into this whole thing about presents because I have a family member who's being a real pain about it and wants a specific present, keeps asking about it. But as I was like, Santa is just 
I guess, running through her living room at a full sprint and then just, here it is, and then back up the chimney. I didn't know that was a thing either, but that's Butters does it too, and that's why we ended up talking about it because I was like, oh, I thought Santa wrapped everybody's present. Nope. I guess that's what happens when you're in a rush. I mean, in fairness, McCall's it doesn't care about spoilers, so it kind of works out. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> what movie are you looking forward to most this holiday season? Go. Hmm. Pitch Perfect Three, Star Wars. What else is out? I'm excited for those two. Oh, The Greatest Showman. I think looks awesome. Yeah, with Zendaya. Yeah. I am excited for Star Wars. Yeah? You know, I think uh, that's always been one of my favorites. Although I'm waiting for the time when it will just become like the Fast and Furious films where... When Vin Diesel shows up in yeah, a, yeah, in a Detroit Rock. muscle car? Yeah, yeah. The Rock. <laughs> I think you know the series is dead when The Rock's in it. Yeah, when The Rock shows up in the, in the Star Wars films, uh, that's when I'll stop watching. I have like... I'm not even going to lie about this right now. Uh-oh. For a while... When I was growing up, I thought The Rock and Vin Diesel were the same person. Oh, no. I don't think that's an uncommon thought. I was so I confused think. one of the times that I watched the Fast and the Furious movie because I was like, wait a second, he's fighting himself. What's happening? Yeah. Why is he fighting himself? Uh, it's this whole thing. So then Dustin had to explain the whole thing. And he was like, are you really, are, what is wrong with you? Here's, I got a good one for you. I think you can help me out on this. So McCall doesn't watch movies nope. because she's a pod person. And we had a topic the other day where we're asking people... What's something that you, you, you don't do or someone you know doesn't do that it gives people a double take because like everyone's done it? Someone said that they haven't seen any Harry Potters, any Lord of the Rings, or any Star Wars movies and wasn't going to change that. She thinks they all stink, and I think it's ridiculous. So what movies are on that list of everyone has to see them? Ha- ha- at least once... Because this is an interesting topic because I, I have a film degree, so I get it okay. all the time when okay. I like people are like, hey, have you seen this? And I haven't. Like, how have you not seen that? Uh, first one that comes to mind would be Fight Club. Right. I haven't seen that one in a while. McCall? But, yeah. Let's yeah, see. Pod person. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoot. Of course, you got me on the spot, so I'm drawing a blank. But that one is definitely a must-see. I mean, I agree. It and is. And I can't talk about it. Yeah, no. You just have to see it. You just you, have you to gotta be it. there. McCall, you have to see it. Okay. Brad Pitt's in it. Okay. And Edward Norton, who is also a very good actor. Yeah, very good actor. Maybe I'm just biased because it's Tyler Durden. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but what, like, Why would you be biased by that, Denise? Yeah, because Denise. that's my middle name. Denise Tyler. Tyler. Denise, Denise Tyler. Tyler. Got it. <laughs> Got it. What about... What about uh, so... Because the the way the reason that the the commenter said that is because I said at this point, Lord of the Rings I could see kind of either, but I said Harry Potter's become such a phenomenon and Star Wars mm-hmm. has been around forever. That how have you not like everyone knows what happens generally in that movie? Majority so how have you of the not time. seen them? Yeah, I mean my wife I don't think has ever seen Star the older Star Wars. Yeah, really? Get a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. you got to get a divorce. Oh. <laughs> it's just not going to work. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I'm on the fence on that one. But <laughs> McCall thinks that watching movies is a waste of time. She thinks there are other things she can do with okay, 90 well, minutes. Back to the Fast and Furious films, yes. Some movies, yes. All movies, no. Okay, the older Fast and the Furious films were pretty good. I like the lately, first two. Didn't like the third anyway. one. Nobody likes the third one. Skip Tokyo Drift. It sucks. I can kind of see where she's coming from. But then again, I, I don't know. Being entertained is fun. Or you can read a book. I don't read. She doesn't do that either. Oh, then what do you do? Exactly. 
I work, and then I go home and I remodel my house, and then I sleep. Yeah, that's only that's actually kind of cool. Recent history. What was your excuse before? We used to watch movies when we were at home in Vernal before we moved out here. No, we had Netflix. That's the problem, Vernal. (laughs) (laughs) Look, fool. (laughs) No, we we used to watch Netflix a lot, and so we we'd go out to the movies also while we were out there. And the movies out there are really cheap, by the way. Um, Always good because they're getting more expensive. Yeah. We'd go out there and watch movies and Netflix and mm. all that good stuff. But yeah, not like, here. I just don't have any need to. I don't have any desire to because it's like, mm. oh, hey. I'm from Shelley, Idaho. And to see a film in Idaho Falls, it's like $12. Holy cow. Kevin! Kevin! You can be part of our random podcast. Beep, beep, beep. Kevin, we're talking movies. Jump in. Okay, what no one movie... forget that I'm still better. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kevin, what movies is on the list of movies that everyone has to see? Like, if someone told you I haven't seen these movies, you just you wouldn't want to talk to them anymore. We're talking about Star Wars. Lord oh, Ray you Harry said Potter. Fight Club. He said Fight Club. Yeah. What do you think he said? Fight Cut. <laughs> I was so confused. I've seen Fight Club. Have you ever seen the Fight heck Cut? Is- Fica. I thought she said Fife Club. <laughs> <laughs> Revolutionary War film. It's great. It's very historically accurate. What movie's on the list, though, Kevin, of movies everyone has to see? Oh, there's Disney movies are definitely on there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're actually recording. We're doing random it's a random podcast. Everybody just comes podcast. in from the, from the hallway. Um, Let's see. Kevin is also one of our engineers. He needs instruction. We usually holler at him and we say, Kevin! Yeah, he's heard that before. So what movies have I told you about? I don't know. I don't I don't watch movies very <sighs> often. I don't it's either. I'm a, the same way. It's like, I what, kinda, what are some of your favorite movies then? I don't know. I really like Inception. Yeah, Inception's Were a good movie. Were you confused by that? Because I, I saw that way later than everyone else and I was like, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. And I watched it once and I was like, I totally got that. I don't know. What's <laughs> weird about this? It was a really good movie. Uh, it was a really good movie. I don't know. It, it has some pretty. Uh, it has a little bit of depth to it. I think. No, for sure. There's a chance that some people can uh, definitely not get what's going on. I don't think my wife got it, but <laughs> <laughs> happens. She's she's one of those people that she just wants to go watch a movie and feel good and. Uh, gotcha. Like, yeah. Gotcha. So, I don't know. I like anything by Christopher Nolan. I mean, yeah. Right. Did you see Dunkirk? I haven't seen that, no. Oh, I was going to ask you because it got snubbed with awards, so I was going to ask you what you thought about it because I haven't seen it yet either because I've heard both ends. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's horrible. And then my brother went and saw it who sees a lot of movies and I respect his opinion. He said it was really confusing because there's just no flow of a story. So it jumps around. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I don't know. There's I, I haven't been watching movies at all lately. I, I'm more of a TV show guy myself. So what but... TV shows are you watching then, Kevin? Ooh. Let's see. Uh, definitely Game of Thrones. Heard it's great. Still on my to watch list. Yep. Yeah, I'm caught up on movies. I'm way behind on TV shows. You guys seen Fargo? Not the show. I've heard Fargo's really good. That would be one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but um, I'm trying to think. Probably, I don't know, any of the comic series, uh, like uh, the Netflix TV oh, shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard they're uh, really good. You know, Daredevil. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones. Got going yeah, Jessica Jones, all those. Gosh, and I they, love her. The actress? Yeah. She's good. Christian Ritter. She's perfect for the role. 
I just what I just want to be her the, best friend. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. This one might be way off the top of your head, but what do you think about that Disney Fox deal with Disney buying up a bunch of uh, Fox Studios? So now they're going to own like like all the Marvel properties that Fox had. Looks like they're going to get Hulu. What do you think of that? Since you're big into TV shows. I actually did hear about that, and it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I I don't know a lot about the deal as far as what they are going to own or what they're going to do with it. But, I mean, uh, yeah, it's definitely intriguing to see where they're going to go with all of the uh, all of the shows that uh, Fox owned in the right. before that was all going on. So. Here's one for you. It's a TV show I'm way behind on, but I know it's super popular. Kevin, do you think you would survive the zombie apocalypse? I think I would. What is your first move? Zombie outbreaks happens. You're in Logan, Utah. You're here at the radio station. Oh, no, there's zombies. What's your first move? Go. Well, I got to run to my house and grab all my guns. Yeah, that's, that's like, probably a good start. Yeah. Probably going to head and grab, you know, I, I'm pretty good with the outdoors stuff. I've always been into the wilderness survival type of stuff. Okay. So I'm running to my house. I'm grabbing my bow. I'm grabbing my guns. I'm heading up the mountains. Here's the here's the follow-up question. Are you a leader of a pack or are you a loner? Are you just... Taking care of like you, your wife, and your kids. I'm taking care of me and my wife and my kids. Anyone who else wants to jump along, I will definitely take them. But I'm taking care of my Perfect. family. Good choice. Kevin I'm P. the Rick Grimes of, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's me, definitely. If, I, if anyone else wants to follow, I'll take them. But, uh, yeah, I'll I, bring my bow. <laughs> thanks for jumping in on the random podcast, hey, Kevin. thanks. You think you survive a zombie apocalypse? No. no. I would die. I would die like two minutes into it. Let's be honest. Thanks, Denise. Okay. Denise, okay, <laughs> bye. I guess Denise is leaving. They they get their engineers. They got work to do. Yeah. Is the zombie apocalypse cuz this is this is a question I think that that uh comes up very often when it comes to apocalypses cuz everyone agrees I think in some manner of speaking that yeah. at some point there will be a a catastrophe of some sort. Right. Is the zombie apocalypse your preferred one? I don't know. Volcanoes, earthquakes, wind, tsunamis, fire. Uh, I don't know. I just, I think I'm going <laughs> to die. Like, I mean, if I, whatever ends up happening, I'm going to end up dying. And I, I'm horrible because that's literally the way that I think about it. This, you know, it, speaking of this topic, just makes me, it takes me back when we talked about horror movies. And it makes me mad because then I started thinking about how in all zombie shows, no one's ever seen a zombie movie before. Right. And Everyone's everybody's like super so shocked. confused by it. Well, honestly, in our house in Vernal, we have this like gate thing over our door, in front of our door. Okay. It's kind of like burglar bars, but it's got more of a, it's not mesh. It's like a metal mesh. Okay. I think you know what you're In front about. of I think you know what the, you're yeah. yeah. So in front of that burglar bar type door, uh -huh. so the door comes solid and then there's this massive lock that has this pin so it's got like three claws and then the other that's on the wall has two uh -huh. so when the door closes it latches and then a pin goes down through it seems pretty secure so it doesn't move okay and it's all a one level house and the windows are all kind of high from the outside right but they're not very high on the inside well, i mean how safe do you think the state of Utah is if a zombie apocalypse happens compared to literally every other state? Because you know what, it's pretty sparse. <laughs> no, there was actually a. I think there was actually that list that was provided, and what was it? Indiana was in first, right? No, it was like in, it. It was based Hold on up. a lot of things. It was like 14th. I think Utah was like 24th or something like that. Out of 
it's always 51 because it's 50 states and then it's uh, Washington, D.C. It was based on like uh, population density, I think, guns, self-defense, outdoor activities. It was based on a lot of things you'd expect to come up if you were like, can you survive the zombie apocalypse? They're saying that the 10 best places to go for a zombie apocalypse in Utah. Oh, this is a different list than I saw. 10, 10 best places to hide in Utah for the zombie apocalypse. And what? Apocalypse. Give me like the top three. Unless like Logan didn't make the top three. Uh, we've got Antelope Island. I don't know what that is. I still am not very familiar so with Utah. You go down to you go down towards Salt Lake. Uh-huh. It's the Great Salt Lake. Right. It's an island on the Great Salt Lake. Got it. Fair. Okay. Okay. Island's good. Costco. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Tippinogas Cave. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. I've been there, but I've seen Lake it. Powell's on there. Dead Horse Point. Snowbird. Cove Fort. Granite Mountain Records Vault. Don't know what that is, but okay. Uh, it's a large vault buried in the mountain at the mouth of Little Cottonwood Canyon. It's said only to contain a bunch of records and microfilm from the LDS Church. I'm sure which it huh. does contain a lot of documents, but I'm willing to bet that it's full, fully stocked with dehydrated goodies to last at least ten years. And uh, Walmart distribution centers. Of course. Right. Dumb. Dumb. Hi. We're doing a random podcast. Doing a random podcast. Jump on in, Jump buddy. on air. Everyone should know Dom at this point. He's our videographer. We're talking about zombie apocalypse. On a scale of one to ten, how how likely do you think you'd survive the zombie apocalypse? Oh, I don't know. They typically don't like videographers and photographers, so they'd probably kill flashy lights. Fast. But I do love Shaun of the Dead, and I've learned a couple skills by watching that. Aren't they movie, making a sequel so. to that? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like it's been rumored for a while. It's a great movie. It is. One I of love my- it. Friends it. and I's cult classic ones. And it depends on the zombie, too. If they're super slow, I think I'd survive. But there are some zombies out there that are like right. crazy yeah, fast. Now, you know, we're like, yeah. now we're back into this horror movie thing. Is it a ghost? Is it a banshee? Is it a spectra? Mm. It's a banshee. It's a ghost. It's the, When they put white sheets overhead, that thing. It's that thing. It's that thing. Uh, <laughs> where would you go? This we're, ta- we're just talking about where would you hide? Would you leave Utah? Is there a place mm. in Utah you think would be safe? Man, I'm just, just trying to think, like, where would places. zombies hate to go, you know? like Cold, right? Cold's... I would be my thought. Go to the cold? Yeah. I was just thinking just the opposite, though. Really? Go to the heat, yeah, because they are dead. I don't know. That's tough. Worst place for zombies. They would 100% Worst place stake. for zombies. We're Googling it. Nice. <laughs> 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 it's our random podcast. We're just kind of covering a whole... Worst place to seek refuge from zombies during the apocalypse. Flat ground? So, like, I going to a shelter would be good, but I just can't imagine going to a shelter... And without any windows or any sunlight, yeah. oh, that just creeps me. You well, know, see, I was thinking, I was thinking cold, because well, I guess again, it depends on the zombies, but they're they're dead, so they can't right. I think stave off the cold, and then elevation. I was thinking elevation yeah. and cold. Yeah. So mountains. I was thinking mountains. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they're saying the places that you want to steer clear of is I'm trying to figure out where the number one place is. Number two is New York. Okay. Honolulu is number Duh. one. Stay away from Honolulu. Stay away from Honolulu. But that's like there's a really like good paradise. video game kind of based on that. Yeah. Honolulu, I mean, Oakland, if they Las got Vegas. To Hawaii, if the zombie right. outbreak wasn't at Hawaii, I mean, yeah. I'm vacationing and I'm away from zombies. What's what's the right? Uh, Vegas, San Jose, 
San Francisco, Oakland, Los Angeles, Orange County, Portland, Seattle, Denver, El Paso, Dallas, Austin, Houston, New Orleans, Big Chicago, Miami. Yeah. How are you going to tell there's a zombie outbreak at Vegas? Everybody moves around at night. <laughs> Nobody pays attention. They bump into you. Oh, but for real. Kind of jerks. It could eat you, and you'd think it's like fun. Like, right? Hey, yeah, look who's at really them. gonna that's know in good, Vegas? That's yeah. a good time. Yeah. Who's there's a lot of bright lights too. Are you telling me the zombies are really gonna be able to pay attention? <laughs> also, um, five worst places to survive the zombie apocalypse: climbing up to rooftops. At first, you might think it's a great idea, but <laughs> they somehow find their way up. You'll be stuck up there with nowhere else yeah, to go. You always gotta have an exit yeah, strategy. Yeah. Uh, heading to a sporting goods store. If your zombie gear doesn't include a weapon, a sporting goods store would definitely seem like a good idea. In reality, it would be a little bit different. It's actually the other su- survivors you would have to worry about more than the zombies. Mm. Uh, running to the yeah. grocery store, same kind of a scenario. Uh, four, finding shelter in a hospital. Yeah. I don't like being in oh. hospitals. I don't either. Zombies, and so, seeking yeah. refuge at the mall. <laughs> don't go to the mall. That wasn't my first choice. Uh, yeah, Too many I people even there. Thought of that. Yep. So, speaking of places, Dom, yeah. uh, how about travel? Now's the time of year people do a lot of travel. Yep. I know you're doing you're going to do a little bit of vacation. Is there where's a place you want to travel to most? Like on your bucket list of places I want to go. What's number one? Oh man, number one's New Zealand, absolutely. Same. Do you want to do the Lord of the Rings trail? Oh, I want to do it all, man. All of Me it. Too. <laughs> all of it. I've been there once on my way to Tonga. We stopped and oh, uh, cool. I I actually have a, like distant relatives that live in New Zealand. Nice. So yeah. Oh man, that's my number one for sure. That's so cool. Yeah. And I have a feeling once I get there, I'll be like, ah, I'm not leaving. Sorry guys, I'm stuck here. <laughs> I'm staying. <laughs> bye bye. Zombie outbreak. Right. I'm in New Zealand. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is there a? I know you do our videography. You do our video work. I don't know where I'm going with that. You do our video work. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do much still photography? A little bit here and there. I mean, I took pictures of you guys <laughs> and I Angela remember, said I mean, they, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, is there a, a scenery, a, a natural landmark or something that you'd like to see to take pictures of? Oh, that's a great question, AJ. Um, I mean, aside from New Zealand, right? like that would be, you know, photo video, like heaven. Um, man, I've, I constantly hear from my other filmmaking friends that actually Iceland. Really? Yep. Ooh, I've yep. heard great Iceland things. Would be I can say the Bridge place to go for landscape photography, um, videography, things like that. So. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Yep, Iceland. McCall, you want to go to Iceland? Remember, Iceland is green, Greenland, Greenland is, is ice. ice. Right. Yep. <laughs> Back- Vikings. Backwards. <laughs> so people don't want to go there. Yep, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really would like to go to Australia. I think it would be really uh, yeah. nice to go down New Zealand, Australia, just kind of take a tour down there. Um, I've also really had the desire to go to, I mean, we talked about this before. I'd like to go to Ethiopia. I'd like to go to Haiti. Yeah. I'd like to go down, do some, some sort of servicey type stuff, but just for like sightseeing, I think I'd like to go to New Zealand or to like the Bahamas oh, for yeah. sightseeing. It'd be nice. One of our friends actually just posted a picture. They're in the Bahamas right now. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. It's not snowed here yet, but <laughs> I'm jealous. Still snow at my house. Still, I don't yeah, know what he's talking about. Still outside, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so you, you mentioned your filmmaking friends. I'm kind of curious because McCall and I found, especially since we went to the conference in Atlanta, that radio as a career is really open. Like if we have questions, we can reach out to people no matter mm-hmm. where they are. Is it the same thing in film? Um, it's a little different because um, you've got to you've got to get your feet wet. Right. You really need to actually participate and be on sets, multiple sets, and. That's how you get to know people. Right. Um, yeah, of course, there are Facebook groups. Right. 
you know, online groups that you can join, but the best way is to actually be on a set. Um, then you're familiar with how everything works. You, you get to know the talent, you get to know the crew. Um, and that is the best way to network. Like back in June, um, I put together a whole cast and crew for a 48 hour film project. Oh, right. cool. If you don't know what that is, it's, you have to write, shoot and edit a short film in 48 hours. Wow. They give you a character, like a name, right? Uh-huh. That you have to use. They give you a prop that has to be in it. Somewhere. So it's kind of like improv filming. Kind of like scenes from a hat, yeah. but in filming. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And and yeah, you literally pull from a bag um, the genre. Huh. So it could be a comedy, that's horror, cool. musical, which freaked me out. And I was like, that's a possibility. <laughs> We're going to write Yikes. a song. <laughs> We're going to write a song. Yeah. Well, not one song, multiple. Right. I'm like, because... Yeah, the film has to be at least, I think they said five minutes and it can't exceed eight minutes, something like that. So you're, you know, a seven minute film. Um, That's nuts. Dude, it it was wild. It was wild. I got no sleep. um, And it was a blast though, because I was so fortunate enough to get a great crew and fantastic talent. Like they won best acting, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's yep. way cool. So our, is it our, like my a, film won Best Actor. Was it like so a film awesome. competition? So there's yeah. multiple so you're, groups uh-huh. doing it? Okay, yep, yep. Gotcha. So we were up against, I want to say 15, 16 groups. Wow. Yeah. Yep. What did you end up making? Like, what was the genre? So our, we pulled Thriller. Nice. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was a thriller, and Janet King was the character, and the prop was a padlock. Oh, by the way, everyone gets the same prop character. Gotcha. And, oh, and line of dialogue. There has to be a certain phrase that's that either said, said or written. Got it. it can got be it, written. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. So fun. And and so that, I bring that up because your question of like, well, how do you get to Right. Uh, everyone there was so close, especially, so you've got your writers beforehand that we stayed up till midnight, you know, like, oh, so you, you pull from a bag about six or seven o'clock on Friday. Right. Then we, we drove from Salt Lake to Logan writing and <laughs> I mean, right. our writer's in the back with his laptop just <laughs> frantically. <laughs> we get to the studio, we write some more and we finally finish about midnight, right? Uh-huh. Where we're just like, everyone's happy with it. Okay? Right. And then I met with the DP, um, director of photography or the camera guy, the camera op, um, and we went through, okay, how are we going to shoot this? Right. What lenses, what's our lighting, yeah. uh, environment, yada, yada. Um, and then that we finished that meeting about 4 a.m. Uh-huh. And then I went home and got maybe an hour, but I didn't really get an hour of sleep. Oh, yeah, that's right. I went home, showered, and then <laughs> met up with them at 5.30 a.m. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and then we filmed all day. All day we filmed because we were in multiple locations. We were in a hotel at one point. We were in a restaurant. We were in um, a parking lot. Uh Man, yeah, and and downtown Logan, we we had our main character. She was being chased by her freaky boyfriend, like right. the one that's obsessed with her, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. her ex boyfriend, I should say. Um, and uh, so we had her running like barefoot downtown. It was nuts. It was so fun, and everyone that was cool. just yeah, like they were just willing to participate. And I even had um, a crew getting behind the scenes, both photos and video. Um, so it's like we documented Making that of a film. Yeah, of exactly. A film. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool, and, and really that was the best way. To network because not only did I create like a Facebook group, but all, everyone included uh, received all my emails. Everyone had everyone's phone number. Everyone had right. We just knew each other, right? And ah, oh, so great. Is that how do you get? Is it just something where like there's a competition coming up or something, and you see yeah. it, and you're just like, hey, I want to take part, and then they just kind of organize you in groups from there. Yeah, so it varies. Like if you wanted to do the 48, it would it's once a year. Got they it. also have a 72 that's once a year as well. Um, and then various film festivals throughout the year <clears throat> that don't necessarily have like, you have to do this in you know s- amount of time. 
So there are festivals ranging from uh, like a Halloween theme, you know, or horror theme to like Christmas themes to all sorts. So, um, yeah, the, the festivals, I just, I don't know that festivals, festivals would certainly help you get to know your crew really well. But I felt with the 48 hour film festival, I was getting to know other filmmakers and, and crews outside my own. Yeah. And, and, and we're still friends today and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I highly recommend anyone who, you know, thinks, I don't know if I can make a film, do a 48 because that's like your baptism by fire. That's your like initiation. You'll know if you like it. Exactly. Exactly. You'll, you will know. Yep. If you hate it or love it. I wanted to ask you a question because when we had the, speaking of festivals, we had the Logan Block Film and and Art Festival that we had a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, I saw an uh, an improv group. And I was talking to McCall about it, and I know that you've done improv. And I was curious as to, you've obviously stuck with a career that's more closely in line with it, so I think it's probably more usable to you than other people. But just kind of curious as to how that's benefited you, because when I saw I texted McCall, because the group in town and I will look it up, because they deserve a shout-out. They're really good, but they hold like open practices where people can go watch or cool. can just jump in and take part. And I was telling that's McCall cool. about it. What are they called? I don't remember. I'll look it up. Okay, I'll look okay, it up. Okay. But uh, I was telling McCall I thought it was a good idea to look into trying it because, you know, what's what's the harm in learning how to, you know, think on your feet, especially right. in our career path where, you know, it's part of the job. Yeah. Is it the antics? Is that yeah, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. antics. Oh, yeah. They're great. They're cool. good. <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. But I know that you've done it. And so mm-hmm. you stuck with, you're doing video work and stuff like that. But how is it something that even maybe if you'd left video would translate into helping you professionally? As an improviser, like or just in just in just in working at all, working if, at all. if like you'd left film and gone to a career path that was maybe outside of arts. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, how, how would it translate and help you out? Oh man, it's a great benefit. Um, I remember there were certain classes when I was in a troupe in Southern California uh, called Improv City. Um, they were starting to make connections with local businesses, saying, "Hey, this can really help your employees." We come in as a troupe. We'll teach you, you know, just basic scene work, right? right. But then we'll also um, sort of incorporate how it's best to collaborate, how it's best to, you know, and yes. Um, there's that, that game, uh, or excuse me, yes and, um, where you just have a conversation with someone and it just builds and builds and builds because you're always saying yes and da 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 right. yes and. Right. Um, so I think in any kind of line of work when you're working with humans, which most of us are, <laughs> you have to collaborate. You keep, we're, none of us are an island. None right. of us are just by ourselves. Right. Like We have to collaborate. And the best way to make business or uh, an organization work and, and move forward is collaboration. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's combining talents. It's making, hey, you know, she's really great at this and he's really great at that. Why don't we combine those? Or... um it, it just builds the conversation. As you guys are, you know, having your your shows every morning, if you are constantly contradicting each other, which you do in a comical way, right? But if you were just stopping each other every time, the the converse, First of all, the conversation would stop. Second of all, there would just be this build of hate that was like a mutual hate <laughs> rather than like, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like, so right. it has to be a back and forth. It has to be progressive. Mm-hmm. And that's what improv teaches you. It's just a progressive way to move the scene forward so you can tell a story that doesn't necessarily have to be funny or focused on the, the punchline or comedy, but it has, to, um, it has to be progressive. It has to actually cre- create an environment that didn't exist before or characters that didn't exist before. Um, and that's what I found absolutely most fun. And, and it can be incorporated in 
what I do today. It's like, all right, here's the concept. Okay, right. how do we execute that? Yeah. Well, we'll take his talents. We'll take her talents. We'll take this. We'll take that. We build it. So yeah, that's the sound of putting things together. <laughs> <laughs> also reverse facebook roulette also that too <laughs> VFX. nice goes down though i that's really cool because i i just because i saw them and i was really impressed because i think i have a better appreciation for it now when because mccall is my first co-host and vice versa i'm her first co-host and so you realize yeah. like we have conversations every day i think most people have conversations every day but then mccall and i get on and have to professionally have conversations and you right. realize sort of how difficult give and take really is because, like you said, you want to keep the, the flow going, and then yeah. you know, sometimes when you're, you're trying to think on your feet, you ramble, and then you lose the momentum. And so it was just something that was really cool, and I was curious about it because I know you've done uh, improv work, and I was just curious. And yeah. I still think Please it's Please let me know if it. you guys are considering going to their – is it like an open mic night or open practice night? Is that what they They do – it's on their Facebook group. They do like two practices, I think, a week. Yeah. And they're open. That's not what they have a practice night a week, and then they have a place that they normally perform at. I think it's like every Friday. Okay, people are invited to both. And I think if you come on Tuesdays, you're they're more than willing to have participation as well. Nice. So it's pretty cool. I'm I'm game. I'm game. I think it would be fun. Yeah. Hey, I smell a monthly dare. I (laughs) smell a monthly dare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm up for it. I mean, it depends on when it is, of course. Sure. I think it was Tuesdays, but it's on their Facebook group. Oh, it's fun. It. But I, I, I want to up that dare, and like maybe they'll put you even into a show. I mean, I'm not going to go to practice, not to perform. I work in right, radio. of course not. Of course, my life is performing. <laughs> oh man, we were talking about movies earlier with Kevin and Denise. What's on you as a videographer? I definitely ought to be able to answer this question. What is on your list of movies that everyone has to see? Like, if someone told you I haven't seen blank, you'd be like, "Don't talk to me." For the uh, 2017 year, right? No, in, in just oh, the in general. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, well, why don't I start with this year and then oh, okay. we'll move back? We're back. That's cool. Um, for 2017, if anyone's saying, uh, you know, I don't know, there were a lot of movies that came out. What do you recommend? Highly recommend Baby Driver. So good. That movie was so good. Still need to see it. Oh, so good. Um, what else have I seen this year that was really good? Oh, uh, I actually enjoyed uh, Thor. Um, Ragnarok. Ra- Ragnarok. It was yeah. good. It was. Like, uh, one of my favorite directors. Um, and I just the watched the thing of- on him the other day. Nice. He's from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, is. it all comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I was surprised because, uh, full confession, I, I'm just not a huge fan of superhero movies. Yeah. Like, I was over them back, you know, in 2000 <laughs> for the X-Men. I was like, right. right, I've had my fill. Uh, but this one, my I heard from my brother. He's like Dom, like you know me. I'm I'm I I hate almost all movies. <laughs> so when I say it's good, okay, Gavin, that means it's good. All right, right. So and he was right. Like I I enjoyed myself. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, let's see here. And then as far as movies of all time, I mean, oh gosh, there's just so many. But some of my personal favorites, uh, I love some like it hot. Uh, that came out in that. like fifty. Or six or something like that. So good. Marilyn Monroe's best work ever. Um, and I generally like most comedies. Um, I don't know why, but I really like uh, Daddy's Home with Will Ferrell. I love that <laughs> Mark movie. Mark Wahlberg. I know the reviews weren't great, <laughs> but uh, that's the reason why my wife and I bought a Ford Flex. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, part of the reason, not the only reason. I yeah, love that movie. Part of the reason. It's just uh, like Ford paid them so much to have that car in there and, and then actually have dialogue saying, I love my Ford Flex. <laughs> it's nice and quiet. Like, oh my gosh. And yeah. And we do. We love our Ford Flex. It's great. Um, anyways. They didn't pay Dom. I think I'm supposed to stop this. No, no one was paid during this podcast to enforce Ford products. <laughs> oh, uh, if, if anyone out there um, want, has Amazon Prime and they're looking for a great show, highly recommend um, The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Really, really great that? show. Uh, takes place in the 50s. Uh, all about this up and coming well and it's discovering stand-up comedy right and that's one thing when i was doing improv by the way this is full circle again um <laughs> that i know that when you do improv it's a lot of people associate that with stand-up comedy and you have to tell people no no no, no. <laughs> stand-up comedy you are rehearsing those jokes right you've got them memorized like a, and yeah, you are by period. yourself yeah like that's that, and every improv time I, is improv. Yeah, you have to work with others. There's no, it's it's like the complete opposite. Right. Yeah. There's overlap with comedy and 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 the joking and and storytelling somewhat, but for the most part, they're they're very different. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So you, I had multiple conversations with people about that. Like, oh, you do improv, so tell us some of your jokes. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do jokes. Uh, because first of all, that'd be awful, but, um, but interesting, um, the creative director for improv city, uh, down in San or excuse me, Southern California, um, he did stand up comedy uh-huh. and he allowed, like he pushed our troupe to obviously get really good at improv, but he also allowed for, uh, us to write sketches if we wanted to. Uh, to do stand-up comedy nights. Uh-huh. So he gave variety to, like, Improv City wasn't just an improv, like, every Friday night. It was like, hey, we're going to have improv this night, and then we're going to have stand-up comedy, then we're going to do this. And I was right. like, that's cool. Like, um, anyways, what were we talking about? <laughs> Movies, I think. Movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were at the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Right. You were Highly recommend that show. So good. Um, I want to say there's nine episodes or something like that. First season. I really hope they win Golden Globes uh, awards because... She was amazing, the main actress, uh-huh. and the writing's great. It's fun. It's it's uh, amazing what they could film. You know, the, any kind of period piece I enjoy, especially right. when it's pretty spot on. Like, oh, that really looks how it was, or at least what I what I know of it. Um, yeah, mean, that's how I remember it back. That's how I remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, here's the thing. I have friends that when they watch like World War One or World War Two movies, right. They'll critique it because they're such historians. Like they've just invested so much time in yeah. knowing, no, 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 a Nazi uniform does not look like that because the satchel goes on the left side or whatever. Right. right? Like they, like, and it's kind of, it's impressive, but kind of like, oh, man, you, that's As crazy. a filmmaker, like, do you, you have one of those that? things? Do you have one of your, one of those areas where you find yourself, oh, no, that's not right. Um, like when I'm watching something and there's a bad edit or someone's acting terribly or is that what you're getting at? Well, I mean, I mean those those would work too. I just meant, yeah, those okay. or anything historic or not. I don't consider myself much of a historian. If I know, if I'm really familiar with a certain timepiece or um, location, like let's say you know, this year someone comes out with a film all about Logan, Utah. Right. I'm pretty familiar with the area. If gotcha. they're going to show, you know, shots of elsewhere, I'll be like, eh, right. false. You right, know. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I'm not much of a historian, but really I will. <laughs> See, that's the problem with um, getting very familiar with this kind of work is that when you when I watch a film, I don't just watch it to be entertained. Like right. I'll, 
I'll criticize or I'll, we, I'll critique it. Or we, have, we do the same thing with radio. Yeah. Right. See, there what you was go. that break? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. When you're so familiar. I do that so, so many times. I'll be in the car with Dustin and I'll say the same thing and he's just like. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just listen. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't just listen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. McCall, what do you think the most difficult thing was about going from working on radio and solo to all of a sudden being part of a duo? Being able to read you. That was the hardest thing. In what regards? Just because I was used to just reading myself. I honestly, when I started with the radio here, I I didn't know anything about radio. I mean, I still don't want to claim by any means that I know anything along the lines of radio because I don't. I know so much more now than I did when I started, though. And it's uh, probably the hardest thing coming coming here was just trying to be able to get a feel out for the situation mm. and trying to understand and getting, I mean, I feel like you and I pretty well have really good chemistry and it was just what that tell me. first, <laughs> yeah, it was just that first trial couple of weeks that it was like, I can't, what are you saying? You know, where are you going with the topic? Where are you going with the conversation? Yeah, I, say, I think for me it was give and take because I think Dom hit on a really good point about talking about improv and the stuff they were, that your troop was doing with, businesses and stuff i think that was the toughest part because you by yourself you're trying to find you know deliver the punchline really yeah and so you're trying to find a way to make the story interesting deliver the punchline and then in when it's both of us you still can but you also have to figure out ways that you can trade the conversation back and forth because what people mm. love is the fact that we can have a conversation about right. it but also that the conversation doesn't die because you somebody says this you have this because the worst thing that happens is even if you say a great story and they're like yeah that's that's cool kills the whole thing <laughs> oh totally exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, I agree. Give and take, I think, is the most difficult thing in terms of that because you get so used to having all the time and then figuring out how to best have the best efficiency, but also how to best use the time so you're delivering. And now, you know, there's someone else who has a different take or whatever. You have to figure out how to be able to make that person sound good too and, you know, work on your, your, your delivery and, you know, work to be able to benefit. And that, that was probably the hardest part was because I'd never worked with a co-host before and you hadn't either. And so it was definitely a hard transition, but I think we've been doing okay with it. Can I ask you guys a question about like your online or not online on air personalities? We are online also. (laughs) (laughs) On social media. And and the um, complexity of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you find that AJ asks you more questions, McCall, or are you asking him meaning like, who who leads like who who pushes the lead who who's like okay let's let's get this conversation started about this or do you know what i mean like um i mean i think when we first started it was very very commonly more aj so and i feel like the give and take has gotten better along those lines and so i feel like we kind of discuss it beforehand hey okay you're going to deliver this mm-hmm. and yeah. at least i feel like that's that's how it has been recently like we'll have some story that i'll come up with and i'll be like oh my gosh i saw this over the weekend and this yeah. is great and so aj's like okay mccall this is what this is your usually he says this is your brainchild or this is your idea okay what tell me a little bit about this story and so yeah. then i'll deliver it and then i'll ask questions um but Again, it just goes back to that give and take, and it goes back to the communication side of it. And sure. both of us, I feel like, have have come a long ways when it comes to that. Yeah, that's honestly something that I think is one of the biggest things now that McCall and I've established. I think a lot of pros in how we deliver our show. That I think is one of my biggest cons, is because what she said is right. Uh, 
we talk about our show every day, so we finish today's show, we'll plan Monday's show, and so we have an idea already Monday and, and the date, you know, whatever, Tuesday, we get off the air Tuesday, we get everything done, and we get ready for Wednesday's show. So we go into Wednesday thinking about, okay, what am I going to talk about, what story to have to add to this topic, but the in what she says, true, whoever's topic it is, or if, whether it's both of us or not, so yeah. McCall has, I'm trying to think of a story off the top of her head that was 100% hers. I'm blanking right now, but... <laughs> I mean, it'll be stories like, over the weekend, Dustin and I went down to Vernal or something, okay. and then coming sure. back, there was an accident on the side of the road, or, you know, yeah, just so, things along those lines. So, mm. like, if something like that happens to her, so it's her topic, like, we yeah. decide, okay, that's funny, let's talk about it, so it's her topic. The accident's then, not funny, but yeah. No, 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 right, no. Right, there's, right, something right. That, there's something that happens we want to talk about, not funny. There's something right. interesting... Yeah. Uh, then she's right. Then I'll try to kick it to her. But the what I was getting to, I'm rambling now. The con is, is that what she said is true. And I, I usually say something like, "Hey, McCall had this happen," and I need to get a better job of finding a way to make it more organic because there's right. there's nothing interesting about hey because I we have defined roles sort of. I'm Mike one, so I'm supposed to get us in and out of the break. So it's my job oh, okay. to drive us forward right. okay. and keep us on track. But once once we're in, it becomes, and that's where I think. We have the, I think, the hard part down. Yeah. Because the beginning and end is easy. It's just getting there. Sure. It makes it not uh, is even and presentable. A presentable mm. in and then a presentable out. Right. Middle part where we're entertaining and have a conversation. We have that part figured out. It's sure. just yeah, getting in and that. out of it that we're me specifically am working on. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's good to know. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yes. It's actually. I was just thinking. You asked that, and I was like, yeah, that's something I need to work on. But yeah. Uh. Because that's something we ran into too. Because we have our consultant, and when we first sat down, after McCall and I kind of fumbled through the first handful of shows, trying to figure out how to have a conversation with each other on air, then it got into something where I was like, "Okay, well, you start this break, and I'll start this break," and they said, "No, no, don't do that. It's confusing. I'm Mike One, McCall's Mike Two, so I need to get into the breaks and get out of the breaks." Mm. So it was actually something where we were trying to find about we were. Trying too hard to be balanced, I think before right. as opposed okay. to now. Okay, now we need to do this. We were just kind of trying to force it beforehand. Yeah, sure. you know, like you have to say this certain amount of words, and I'll say this certain amount of words. Not <laughs> yeah. not down to that point, right, but right. you know, kind of kind of along those lines, though. And I think that's yeah. I mean, we have the, I think the difficult part down in regards to, I think that we have we've figured out how to have a pretty good conversation with each other. I mean, there's still things we're both working on, like how to have the interesting part of the conversation, but how to say it in less words. Yeah, that's the problem for me. Gotcha. Using less words. <laughs> but I, I, I really... Such it, a talker. <laughs> Indeed. It's true, she is. It's really amazing, though. That was my joke uh, at the Christmas party. Butters asked, ah, I feel bad because McCall didn't get to sit at our table. Is she going to be able to... Is she going to be all right? And I said, are you kidding me? She have a conver- you put her in a room with a wall, she'll find a way to have a conversation with it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I mean, it's I, true. It's, I you're will. looking extra just white so, today. Just so anyone listening is like, man, AJ, you're a jerk. I saved her a seat. She was just late. I saved her a seat. Kevin, who was in here earlier, tried to take that seat. And I said, no, you will not sit there. True. I saved it from my co-host. I was co-host. his witness. Yeah, Dom was witness. at our table. Yeah. And so he, he was like, oh, okay, cool. And so he went and sat down on a different table. And Butters comes up all high and mighty or whatever and sits down. And AJ said, no, no, I saved that seat from a call. He's like, I don't care. She's Ooh, not here. Like- sits down. <laughs> Uh, Fine, I won't be late to things. Dom, you you work pretty closely to us. I think we're getting near the end of this random podcast, but you work pretty closely to us. How how similar do you find 
especially since McCall and I are co-hosts, how similar do you find the lines between what we do and what you did in improv? Yeah. Um, there's actually a lot of similarities when I, based off of what you guys mentioned earlier, it sounds like for each break, um, <clears throat> there needs to be some kind of attention getter. Yeah. And then the conversation's going, that's sort of the meat and potatoes, like we're having a good time. And then there needs to be just a way to wrap it up or like, you know, put a bow on it. That's, yeah. that's certainly the end. That's the cherry on top. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's exactly, that, that's storytelling. That That's what happens wow. in improv is, let's say uh, I'm about to play a game, a game and I ask the audience, okay, give me a suggestion you and I, AJ and I, are on stage. What's our relationship? Make up a relationship. And right. Someone yells out, father and son, right? Right. So the initial response could be like, Dad, I'm about to go to the movies. Can I have $20 or whatever, right? right? It's, that, it's that, okay, yeah, we get it. You're father and son. But it doesn't have to start that way. The scene doesn't have to start with, Dad, I need 20 bucks. Right. It could literally just be... I don't know. You're on a rooftop putting Christmas lights on or something. Uh-huh. And and maybe the audience doesn't see that father-son relationship right off the bat. Uh-huh. But because you have a great attention getter, Christmas lights on a roof, Logistic, you, you yeah, just got in a car accident, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the attention getter. Once that's established, the relationship builds. Like it just naturally happens. And so they often coached us um, while doing improv is like, don't never ever force the... Uh, game don't force the game like find the game in the in the in the in your your story meaning like uh get the story going establish characters establish where you are setting get the get the conflict going and then find the game within the scene that's it the scene that's where i so so yeah people who who don't do improv very well generally focus on the gimmick of the game right and this is and this is short form improv only is what i'm talking about right. long form is totally different short form is they uh people who struggle often are just like in their mind like oh, okay how can i make this funny how can i how can i really play this game and it's like no no <laughs> good improv or good hosts on a morning show it's not about the game it's right. about the scene it's you really know, it's, it's about the development. It's about the scene. It's really funny you mention that because we've done several drop the mic podcasts on our past, whether it's career and stuff like that. And one of the things I talked about that I thought I really struggle with in radio, and I think still working on now, is that the and it's obviously there's it's one of the big benefits of having a co-host because you can have a conversation, so it's much yeah. easier to find it. But in solo radio, one of the things I really struggle with was trying to find what was funny, uh, okay. and so you're trying to deliver funny. Like, why is this funny? Okay, what mm-hmm. am I going to say that makes this funny? And right. then, and I think, and not every time because sometimes maybe you'll hit on something that does work, but you'll find that it just it doesn't it won't deliver regardless because you're trying too hard, and sure. that's what and. McCall and I, I think, find a lot of, I think, our funniest bits are the ones that come organically where somebody says something like, wait, 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 what did you say? And we argue (laughs) about it or whatever. Action, reaction. Action, reaction. And so it's a more organic thing because then people believe it. Because that's what we talk about all the time when people, because we genuinely are so thankful that people listen to us because we... I think every time we get a compliment, you're always going to hear, no, real thing. No, come on. Thank you, but what? <laughs> that's what we go for, and that's what we tell people all the time, because you always get the question, we do this five days a week, McCall's on Saturday as well, how do you come up with topics? And legitimately, we go, okay, what happened to us today? Yeah. Hey, that's funny. What Let's happened talk to us yesterday, that. right. Yeah. And we'll do yeah. it We'll do it over and over and over again. I'll send AJ a text at like 6.30 at night or 7.30 at night, and I'm like, hey, this just happened. 
we need to talk about this tomorrow because I know you're on the other side of it or I'm on the other side of it and you're wrong or I'm, you know, we need to talk about this. And so then the next day, if we even have the show planned for the next day, it's scrapped and we start over. A prime example is yesterday. We did that thermostat topic and I mentioned how I said it's another topic where apparently I'm wrong. And I said, they come up all the same way. Butters comes in and asks a question to me and McCall. <laughs> McCall and him are on the same side, and then I'm wrong. And so he came in after the show, and he goes, how do I always how do I always tell you're wrong? I said, it works like this. You ask a question, and then I do something that you think is wrong or weird. And he goes, give me several examples. Thermostat, mac and cheese at Thanksgiving, <laughs> Santa Claus presents. He goes, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, pineapple on pizza. <laughs> pineapple on pizza. That's how it happens. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Nice. So that's, I mean, that's what something I think that McCall and I both really pride ourselves on is that it's just, we don't find topics, the topics find us. And then yeah. we just, you know, we try to refine it a little bit. I mean, it's not 100% improv because we try to plan a little bit and say, sure. okay, what's the interesting part? Okay, now let's trim that down because that's the part people, that's the part we think is interesting. That's the part we're going to get some sort of reaction from because people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's the part that people can relate to. And that's what we want to be. That's the ultimate goal of this show of... Us, I feel like in our radio career, yeah, and I don't mean to speak for both of us, but to be relatable sure. and to have people want to relate to us, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And truth be told, improv is not true. Improv is not one hundred percent improv, right? You do it so much, day and day and day yeah. and day and day and day, and you practice and you get to know each other really well that you can read that person, right? And that's where we're we've finally gotten. I feel like you and I have gotten to a point where we can read read the other person. We finish each other's sandwiches. Mm. Sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's what it is. And it's funny you mentioned that. This is sort of off topic, but I talked about that. We were talking about the mentalists that we had at the Christmas party. Yeah. And they're asking about that because we have several coworkers who were really beside themselves about it, or they were either really beside themselves, or there was one who was like, ah, it's not a big deal. And so we were talking about it, like, just trying to, like, oh, what did he do? And he was upfront about it. He told everyone how he's going to do it. It's intuition, psychology, and then yeah. just general body reading. And it's the same thing too with him. Yeah, they ask because I was one of the people that went up in front and worked with him. And he's like, "How did he do?" And I was like, "Well, you got to think about it. The more he performs, the better he's going to get. Exactly. Because it just makes it easier for him to read. The more people he reads, yep. the better it makes him at reading people. Precisely. So yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with McCall and I. I think we people have complimented our show. I think since about one month in that McCall's been here, but we did an interview for a, a kids' school project, and he asked us about it. And I think probably. A, about October-ish is when, and I don't know if you'll agree with that timeline, uh, I think we really hit our stride. And he, we still have we still have plenty of room to improve, but a lot of people were complimenting us, I think, in September once we got back from the Atlanta conference, we were able to put things in place. But I think it was really once we got about halfway through October, we really hit a stride, I thought, where we felt good about our shows. Well, and I don't know if it was necessarily what time in October, but I, I would agree with October. I feel like we were probably in the middle of doing that monster off that was a big part of competition, it. and mm-hmm. that gave us, we started to kind of pick up. Because I'm going to be honest, with the first couple of days with that monster off, I was like, this is not going to go anywhere. And then it took off. Nice. Yeah. And it was nuts. And so nice. then I was like, wow, okay, though, that's really cool. And, you know, I feel like maybe that falls back on me a little bit because I had to just, like, drop my pride maybe sure. and just, like, think about it and, like, okay, well... It's fine, you know, yeah. like you obviously, McCall, you don't know everything. And that's the problem is that every once in a while you just get cocky. And once you get cocky, it's True. like you get humbled really quickly. And yeah. so it's it's things like that that I feel like 
helped me in particular get back into like a, no, we're good now. Okay, this is good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's been a fun podcast. It's a yeah. random podcast. Yeah, it's fun. Good, good place to end. Big thanks to Dom. Yeah, He's the company uh, videographer. Big thanks to Denise and Kevin. They're two of our engineers. We've <laughs> covered zombies. We've covered Christmas. We've covered movies. We've covered improv. It was a really fun, random podcast. It was fun. Thanks.